Bienvenidex to Merendeando. We've got another live Merendeando episode for you. Our guest this week is Joy Lamar, engineer, best-selling author, and public speaker with roots in Brooklyn, Puerto Rico, and Toronto. We talk about Joey's passion for social causes, her work as a writer, and love. <laughs> Special thanks to Dulcinella Bakery and McCoslin Beer for sponsoring this episode. Let's get into it. So today we have a super special guest who is very close to my heart, who I love so much. We both love this person so much. You're so close to my heart. Yes. Aww. Yes. Joey Lamar is our guest today. Applause. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Food, wine, I'm here. <laughs> so Joey is an engineer, a novelist, a queer Latinx community member, and a very special person. So we're really, really excited to chat with you today. Thank you. Yeah. But Glad to, to be here. Mm -hmm. To start, we wanted to do a rapid fire question. Well, Camila calls it, okay, I'll do it because I love you. Thank you. Merendeando hot cheeto hot seat rapid fire question. Mm. Yes. No foreplay. Go. So oh. <laughs> exactly. Just straight. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Coffee or chocolate? Chocolate. Spicy or sweet? Sweet. Summer or winter? Summer. Camila or Monica? Both. Ah. Oh. The, que the it's a answer trick is none. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Selena or Shakira? Oh, Shakira. Yeah. Guess what? I thought about I thought about this too. I think I might be Shakira with you no, too. No, it's Selena the Queen. I she is a yeah, queen. Yeah, but hips don't lie. Ooh, they don't. I'm Puerto Rican. We're all about the hips. <laughs> okay. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Live or recorded? Recorded. Oh, yes. Live. Mm. Apocalypse or utopia? Utopia. Meriendo mm -hmm. cena. Cena. Top or bottom? Top. Yeah. <laughs> Joey's rapid fire questions. You killed it. it you so answer good. right all the questions for you. I did. Yeah. I practiced. <laughs> Especially you? that top part. Okay. Let's keep drinking. All right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Let's keep it clean. No, it's okay. We're, 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 we're all cool here. We're all cool with it. Um, so one of the interesting things about you, Joey, is that you have connections with so many different parts of the world. So Puerto Rico, the U.S., and Canada. You recently became a Canadian citizen. I did. So congratulations Yay. on that. Yay. That's a Thank huge you. process. I'm a huge happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, so one of the things that we're exploring in this festival is people who have connections to different parts of the world and bring stories with them from those parts of the world, how they can impact them here, stories that arrive from being here in this new place as well. So basically my question to you is, let's just figure out all those different places that you have connections to. Firstly, you were born in Puerto Rico, is that true? I was born in Brooklyn, New York. And, oh, oh, Brooklyn, New York, okay, got uh, it. From a Puerto Rican family. Okay. Of a Puerto Rican family. Now, and from, too, I suppose, technically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. And then how long were you in Brooklyn for? Um, well, not very long. We, we moved to Staten Island when I was very young, and I was raised in, in Staten Island, New York. Cool. And I was there for almost my entire life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in your memoirs, you go into a lot of, like, stories about the streets of New York, which yes. I always think is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when did you come to Canada? Came to Canada. I started dating my wife in 2000. So Shout out to time. Natalie in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> so I so I came to Canada in 2000, and I've been here ever since. You know, we dated for nine years, and then I became permanent. <laughs> I want to know the love story. How did it happen? She made me panty soup. 
What is that? <laughs> oh, agua de calzón. No. Bueno, sopa de panty. Sopa, okay. Sopa de panty. Should I know what this is? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we are thinking about the same. No, thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, there's, a, there's an old Puerto Rican myth that when you get attached to someone, you know, uncontrollably, it's probably because they put their panties. No, yeah, it's the same it's thing then. The same but thing. we what? call it agua de calzón. Ah, it's a okay. little bit more graphic. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's romantic. <laughs> okay, I learned today. That's interesting. So I, at the time, I was living in um, Orlando, Florida, because I had a business there that, that uh, catered to the Caribbean. And um, so I say panty soup, because why else would anybody be come to the harshness of Canada from Florida and the Caribbean? But she did it. Oh, must be love. Yeah. And we thank you for that. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. I thank her for it. I thank her for it all the time. You've done so many different kinds of, like, when I think of you, I think of someone who's always got a project on the go, who's mm. always interested in some new kind of, like, venture, artistically and socially and in, in, in justice, too. So you said you had a business in Orlando. What was that? It was an engineering business. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. I, uh, so I built the networks for company, wireless companies in, like, Jamaica and Puerto Rico and uh, St. Lucia and, uh, I mean, almost every island. Wow. And how did you went from that to start writing? Like, when did you, were like, I also want to be a writer? Because that's so many things. Um, well, I've always written, but I've done more technical writing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did a children's book when I was young, like nine years old. My mother saved it. But <laughs> and uh, then when I, when I came to, to uh, Canada and was planning on retiring, I, I said to my wife one day, I think I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write my memoirs. And she was like, yeah, okay, right. And then I just did. I just kind of buckled down and did, and it just opened up all this, you know, engineers by nature are very creative anyway, yeah. so it just took me to a different side of my brain, but it was still, this, you know, creativity, and it just opened up all these stories that I had archived, as well as all of the ones that my imagination mm. just kind of goes crazy with. Totally. Yeah, because you start with a memoir, but then you start writing more fiction after, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I've started a, so I wrote a crime fiction novel that, that came out. And G? then G. Yeah. In so April of 2019, then, uh, available now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I've just finished a children's book, which I also illustrated, and that's coming out in 2020. Wow. And um, I'm excited about that because it speaks about, you know, gender conformity and you know it's it's That's based amazing. around a dust bunny right because <laughs> dust dust bunny ben he doesn't have uh he's not a he or a she he's my friend she, they are my friend kind of a thing so um I need that. anyway so i i just developed that and now i'm off doing sci-fi and you're hearing this, right? There's so many things. It's amazing. It's so beautiful that you have so much creative energy inside you and you're offering it to people. It's so great. That's part of my mental health mm -hmm. thing, taking yeah. care of it, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I think if you think about it, you know, 50 years, 100 years ago, I would have been considered insane and maybe gotten a frontal lobotomy. So now I get publishing contracts. Oh, <laughs> snaps. <laughs> snaps for that. <laughs> Yes. One thing I've kind of I've heard you say over social media quite a bit is that you are a firm believer that women are going to take over the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Would you like to speak a little bit about that? Because I'm I'm here for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, and I'm not anti men. I nope. say that all, mm -hmm. you know, like some of the most important people in my life have been men. My father, my son, my my uh, father-in-law. Mm -hmm. But I still think that women as a whole um, 
contain the essence of the universe, right? Mm. We, we bring that nurturing, we bring that environmental connection that men traditionally through the patriarchy and government and everything else have been destroying. And I'm talking about all women too. I'm talking about anybody who identifies as a woman embraces the power of being a woman. Hmm. Yeah. Very cool. So. Can I ask you about your writing process? What does that look like? Do you like, are you one of those people who wakes up really early in the morning and writes and then goes about their day? Sometimes, or? yeah. There's yeah. no process. I really should go to some sort of class and, and really, you know, put it down properly, but there's really no process. I get an idea, I write it down, I write some more, I walk around, put on my robe, I make coffee, I pet the dog, I, you know, <laughs> do stuff with the wife, maybe write something else. And then sometimes it just hits me and I just write, write, write. And right, yeah. Next thing I know, I have a book. I have no formal training, nor do I have any formal process. I just let my brain go. Cool. Whenever That's it powerful. wants to. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you a bit about Puerto Rico, because you are super involved in basically, well, you are Puerto Rican, so you kind of are involved. But one of the things that was interesting was that in uh, Hurricane Maria, I saw that you were getting involved with getting container houses together and yeah. like providing relief for people. So I was yeah. wondering if you could talk about that a little. Uh, we went down and we kind of assess the, um, the damage um, in, in you know, some of the hardest hit areas. Uh, it's hard to, to pinpoint one place or another because everywhere was, except for the tourist areas, which you know, um, uh, Trump and everybody fixed up nice so that the money would keep coming in. All the outside towns were still black. Uh, you know, the blue tarps, it was an ocean of blue tarps, people missing roofs and houses. So we kind of realized we had gone out for uh, um, and taken on more than we thought we would from here. Okay. Uh, but when we got there, we just kind of grabbed a couple of houses that we thought were in really bad shape, listened to the people's stories. We handed out water uh, filters, and, and then we put in two container homes for homes that were completely taken off their foundation. And we, we went, uh, so the hurricane happened in September, we went in January. Mm -hmm. And um, these, these two families were living underneath the blue tarp that FEMA gave them in just one room, that one room that survived. And, um, you know, I, I still go back to the, the videotape that I took of the woman in Spanish. I don't know if you guys got to see it. I yeah. recorded it live, just crying and telling me in Spanish, you know, that she goes crazy, that she walks from one corner of the room to the other corner of the room, and when it rains, it's wet in there. and. Um, she had no bathroom, she had no kitchen. It was just sad. It was, wow. I don't know. And, and FEMA came out and put up that blue tarp that they put, and they ripped it. They ripped the blue tarp and they left it there. And they said, oh, oh sorry, yeah, we were running out of tarps, but you have one now and it's blue. It's a little torn, but be grateful. It was horrible. What? It was hard, wow. it was hard to, to, to deal with. Did you, yeah. But she's living in a beautiful uh, container home now. We got it put on the foundation, and um, we even had a team come in before that and put a military tent in place before the container home got put in. So mm. it was great. And they're both, both families are living happily ever after. And the container homes are sharp. They're really nice. Like Cool. Like, did you know that you wanted to go in person to see things when you saw the hurricane? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I knew. I knew right away we had to do something. It just, uh, my wife can tell you when I get it in my mind to that I have to do something. Like there's no, you can't stop me. 
Totally. From, from a book to a container home to a dog, if I want it, <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, you just <laughs> dive in head first. Yeah. Super admirable. Yeah. Also, with helping communities, something that uh, actually brought Camila and I together, it was the book that you put uh, together to uh, raise money for the victims on, no, it was, yeah. Yeah. For the 49 victims that 49. we lost, 49 que in Orlando. Yes. And that was a beautiful way to honor. I think you gave a lot of artists, Latinx and artists of color who we didn't know what to do. You gave us an amazing platform and opportunity to be like, oh, this might actually help. And right. that was beautiful. How did you came up with that book? Uh, well, it was easy. I was, I was going to do it myself. I, was, I, I got so emotionally vested in what happened because I, I partied at the Pulse. And it, was, it was a club I went to when I lived in Orlando. I even took mm -hmm. my wife, one of our first dates was to the Pulse. And, um, and so when it all happened, it, it, was, it was that part of it was personal for me, but also one of the people who was killed was someone that I knew. She wasn't a friend, but I knew. And all of it put together drove me to, I, I had to do something. So I thought I was going to do a poetry book and just kind of let out all of these feelings and this pain and, and uh, mm -hmm. put it between you know two covers and, and get it. But when I sat down to try and do it, it was just too much for me. Totally. And um, it was emotionally draining, and I couldn't get past like the f the f one poem that I put in there. I couldn't get past that poem, so I uh, so I thought, okay, well maybe if I share this this you know this feeling with forty eight other people mm -hmm. in the Toronto community, and I called just a couple of the um, the people that I know that are artists and writers or photographers, and I said, what do you think? And they said, yeah, let's go with it. And then I reached out to the community. I had already met uh, Camila because mm -hmm. you you sang at my book launch yeah. actually in yeah, 2015. Yeah. Um, how did I meet you, Monica? Oh, in a dream. <laughs> it's possible. You said lesbian, lesbian in front of a mirror, and I <laughs> appear behind you. So <laughs> magical. Uh, did, oh, I, did, did I rub with the panties? Oh, okay. So <laughs> and I was like, more salt. <laughs> <laughs> we met at a panel. It was ah, Heath, that's right, yeah. Uh, Omar, you and me. Yeah, and, yeah. and Heath, yeah. yeah. That was great. Yeah, so <laughs> I met you all, and I thought, okay, well, because, um, you know, the Pulse Massacre affected predominantly um, a majority of Latinos, I had to have Latino representation in the book, and so I reached out to all of you. And, and mm -hmm. you, you all were just amazing, honestly. The, mm -hmm. the book is beautiful. It is it, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and um, all of the proceeds for the book go to LGBTQ queer organizations, right? They do. It goes yeah. to GLAAD. 90% uh, mm -hmm. uh, of it goes to GLAAD. 10% of it was going to Pride School Atlanta. Unfortunately, Pride School Atlanta closed oh. under the Trump administration. Wow. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So it's a sad thing. Why yeah. did they... I don't know a lot about that school. What was that school? Pride School it was, sounds very interesting. Yeah, Pride School was an LGBTQ plus um, school for children who identified in any one of those marginalized groups, giving them a location to uh, be educated wow. in a safe environment. It was a beautiful school, and um, it was run by a, a dear friend who's a, a transgender male who's just, you know, doing all the right things for the community. But unfortunately, the... Um, 
the Trump administration didn't see fit to fund it. And they tried to get as much funding as they could, and God knows we sold enough books you right. know, to, to get something towards them, but it wasn't enough. And then they also received a lot of hate uh, mm -hmm. mail and stuff mm. that was dangerous for the kids, so they had to shut it down. Wow. Yeah. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. And well, so it's yeah. So all the rest is still going to GLAD, and we're supporting that. So, Do you ever feel any tensions having that dual citizenship, or do you think it, like, are, do you ever feel tied to one place more, or? No, I'm tied to Canada. Completely. Yeah. I'm tied to Canada. Completely. How so? I love Canada. Well, I, 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 my wife is Canadian, and I love her, and that commitment goes to everything that's a part of her, her country, her child, her parents, her family, her background, her culture. That's, you know, I, you know, for anybody who's, you know, just starting out in a relationship, because we're verging on a 20 years together, mm. the way to do it is to totally immerse yourself in that person and vice versa. It's, you know, you don't live. <laughs> Monica's just hyperventilating <laughs> over there. <laughs> Come on, Monica. No, yeah, yeah, well, I'll take Drink notes. the soup, drink I the soup. I need to find her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. And you also have like a, mixed cultural relationship too like with different cultural backgrounds so we do she's Sri Lankan I'm Puerto Rican so we're Lanka Rican yeah, yeah. very cool <laughs> very cool do you have any tips for people who are trying to like engage with other people from different cultures like romantically because that's a thing sometimes people are pretty protective of their yeah, cultures yeah, it's and, and it's, a, it's a whole thing so uh, you know I don't think I could have I, I, I don't have the experience for that I've always been in um, multicultural relationships including my wife, mm -hmm. uh, we just, we don't even think about it, right? The mm -hmm. food is good. The food is <laughs> probably right? so Sri good. Sri Lankan food is good, Puerto Rican food. Sometimes we have like rice and beans with parathas, you know, oh. like, it's just. That sounds like the future. Can yeah. we come over? Absolutely, <laughs> anytime. Yeah, I'll bring my partner. I'll be so immersed in her. <laughs> <laughs> One thing we do notice is there's a lot of um, commonalities in mm -hmm. the in our in our cultures, right? Um, maybe it's because you know the Spanish and the Portuguese just kind of raped and pillaged everywhere. Um, Could be, yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of island stuff that applies to her island as well. So island stuff, yeah, island oh, stuff, man, the best island stuff. love, yeah, man. <laughs> awesome. Um, I'm wondering, have you found any differences between the queer community in the States and the queer community that you're finding in Toronto? Because you're a very active member of the queer community here. Yeah, I would say the, the, the queer community here is, um, especially, you know, the, the village, which is a central point of it, is, is very male. It's very gay mm -hmm. male here, whereas, um, you know, I only have New York and Orlando to, to really compare it to. There was, you know, there was more women um, and, you know, beautiful clubs and beautiful places for women. There also in, um, in New York and Orlando, there were a lot more trans safe places. And I hate to use that word safe places. Let me just change that. Yeah. I like to call them brave places because you can't decide what's safe for me. Mm -hmm. I can only decide mm -hmm. if I'm brave enough to go there, right? Mm. So, yeah, there's a lot more brave places in the, in, in the States in the two states that I lived in anywhere. And, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's great here. I think the, 
the the freedoms that you have here and and the equality and you know marriage and everything mm -hmm. i loved i could never live someplace where i can't walk down the street holding her hand yeah. um and i love when uh, and she does it more than i do like she'll just blurt out we're married and people don't flinch right, right. they just don't they don't whereas you know i know that in in places in the states they might go what that's been, I think, a big topic of discussion in the queer community here. Like, where are the safe places for, like, run by women, led by women of anywhere on the spectrum of yeah. feminists? Um, and it's kind of cool because um, the, like, the village, the church in Wellesley is definitely, like, a center. But then there's also an interesting West End queer community that's yeah. growing in Toronto, like, right. Queen West-ish area. And from what I've experienced, <laughs> that's also, that's a little bit more, like, um, there's more women in charge over there than there is in oh. the church in Wellesley area. I have to pay attention then. Yeah. Just well, so if you bring enough queer people, that will be a queer space too. That's exactly. true. Wherever That's you go. True. That's a very important thing true. to do. Yeah. Like when Jesus used to say, <laughs> Jesus Keep going. Say, I'm going with somewhere. When Jesus used We're to say, this queer space. ¿Cómo se dice cuando uno o dos? Cuando, when one, okay, sorry. <laughs> More than one uniting my name, I'm there. That's the queer community too. That's if true. there's two queer people there, it's a queer space yes. now. Yes, that's, uh, that's it. Yeah. That's, what you would yeah. knew, uh, that's what we create spaces now. Yeah, yeah like absolutely. Jesus. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah. Let's all take that with us. Gay okay? Jesus? Gay Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. It's great. It's great. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a thing, too. Did you grow up religious at all? Oh, yes. You did, yeah. What what house, man? What house were you Roman in? Catholic. Yes. Like, yes. A way to go. Okay. Snaps for Roman Catholics everywhere. Roman okay. Catholic guilt about everything. Yes. Okay. And I love it. Did you, go, like, go to church every Sunday, sort of? Every situation? Sunday. I went to Catholic school my entire life, mm. okay. all the way till you know, I graduated from high school. Yeah. Um, Great place to meet women, by the way. Yes. Um, and um, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was tough. It was tough. Yeah? It was very... Uh, Did you have like questions about it while you were in there? Or yes. Yeah. Yeah. I questioned my, my normalcy. Mm -hmm. I questioned my... Um, I, qu I questioned everything. I still question it to this day, right? I mean, um, I'm not a religious person. Um, I think the universe is what everybody is confused for a, you know, the word God. That's my own opinion. I respect everybody's religion, though, but I, I look at it this way, you know, I mean, you find the book that best uh, fills your soul, right? But every religious <laughs> book, the Quran, the Bible, the Torah, they all profess love, and yet so many people who, you know, hold those books tightly don't do the same, mm -hmm. right? I'm more of a fan of the Kama Sutra as a Bible, because <laughs> mm. yeah. that's it. real yeah. definition of love, right? There. <laughs> There's active strategies in there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I'm worry. just kidding. I I don't. Um, I I uh, you know I. There are certain parts of the Catholic religion that I'm I'm still clinging to mm -hmm. because I've been indoctrinated all the years, right? You know, like I still kiss the bread before I put it in the garbage, right? I mean, it's just... I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I didn't know either. That was a thing, yeah. What okay. church did you go yeah. to? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, my mother used to do that. You kiss the bread and you bless it before you put it in the bottle. Oh. I don't know. Is that. it like the body of Christ yeah. bread? Got it, got yeah, it, got yeah, it. exactly. Okay. Hmm. So. You still do that? I still do it. Yeah, it's hard I to break out of why. things. I, I don't know. Yeah, if it's, it's something beautiful to you, you know. It just... It warms my soul, so I mean that's what yeah. that's what religion should. Be. I mean, it was intended to control people and oppress people, especially mm. women. Just saying, but mm -hmm. in its purity, it has love running through it, and we just need to pay attention to that part. Totally. Right? And Dalai Lama said, you know, the the um, the true meaning of love is the absence of judgment, mm. and I and I think that was what brought me closest to to um, to Buddhism, to be able to control that and not judge so quickly and to give people the benefit of that. I think the best, and my wife will say this, you know, sometimes to my detriment, but I think the best in people because I think most people will either rise to what I believe them to be mm -hmm. or they'll prove themselves not and then it's easy, right? Like then you say, okay, this, this person has issues that you know, we just don't see eye to eye with. But it's an easier way to live than saying you're bad and you sinned and you're going to hell and you're going to heaven. What the heck? Mm -hmm. It's too much stress, right? Mm -hmm. We're all going to the same place when we die and nobody knows what that is. Right? <laughs> totally. Nobody's telling us either. Right? Totally. So, but for me, the way I handle it is just to be positive and to keep smiling in the face of adversity at all times because you kind of like tell you, your face tells you how to be, right? Like your face dictates how you're going to spend the rest of your day. If you wake up in the morning and say, it's gonna be a shit day, guaranteed it's gonna be a shit oh. day. Yeah. But if you wake up in the morning and you go, you know what, today's gonna be a good day no matter what comes my way, you make it. Mm. And we always make it. Right? Aww. And so with <laughs> everything you have going on, <laughs> you added one more beautiful thing. So on January 2020, we have a podcast, a new podcast called Positively Joyful. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Check it out, everybody. January 2020. And yeah. what inspired you to start yeah. that? Uh, what inspired me was uh, getting up in the morning and looking at Facebook or Twitter and seeing all the bad news. Like, it really became uh, heavy on my heart. And you put on the television, um, and there it is in between, you know, whatever is your favorite show. For me, it's Survivor. But whatever is your favorite show, there's more news and more, you know, people doing horrible things. And I thought, you know, back when I was as young as you guys, we didn't have this access. And so we were naturally more chipper. And, and, and that, that's not anybody's fault except this constant saturation of bad news, false news. It's all very negative. And I thought, I'm gonna, I need to counter it you know, in my small way. And so my podcast is going to be all about um, solutions and positive uh, things. I want to, you know, I want to uh, shed light on people who are doing innovative, great things um, and also talk about, you know, happier times and happy places to be. And just I've, I've talked to some incredible people. I can't release the information yet, but... Um, it's just a different way of approaching life. And I hope people yeah. will tune in rather than put on CNN or, you know, read through all the, the horrible stuff on the news. Because I'm, you know, it's, we, we can swim in problems or we can, you know, taste the solutions. Yeah. Right? Seems like you're all about creating mm -hmm. solutions and opportunities for people to speak and to have a better life. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. And smile more. Yeah. yeah. Smile more. It's good medicine. 
And we're going to wrap it up. Yes, right we there. Are. If you can just tell us uh, with that, that's goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> if you can tell us where we can, uh, what books can we find of you right now if people are interesting. So uh, right now, G for Gangster is available on Amazon. And as of January 2020, it should be in bookstores. Um, it's a crime thriller. It's a people crime like thriller, kind of an LGBTQ thing. crime thriller. Yeah. And it's about connections. Ooh. It's about connections, um, okay. not just the crime. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you so much for Thank being so here, much. Joey. Thank you and both for having yourself. me. Mm -hmm. you guys are amazing. Everybody find some joy today. Find some pleasure wherever you can find it. Radio Luna Teatro is produced by Aluna Theater with support from the Metca Foundation, the Laidlaw Foundation, the City of Toronto, the Canada's Council for the Arts, the Ontario Arts Council, and the Toronto Arts Council. Aluna Theater is Beatriz Pisano and Trevor Schwellness, with Sue Ballant and Gia Namens. Radio Aluna Theater is produced by Camila Diaz Varela and Monica Garrido. For more about Aluna Theater, visit us at alunatheater.ca. Follow at Aluna Theater on Twitter or Instagram, or like us on Facebook. Follow and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>